it in. Dustin Smith. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! He got it! We are here to fuel your Rockets news. This is the Rockets Field Podcast, and we are happy to be back for another episode today as we will be recapping the training camp uh, that just wrapped up yesterday. And we also will be previewing the game. We actually have some game action coming up on Tuesday versus the Pacers, so we'll be pre- uh, previewing that at the end of the podcast. Um, but before we get started, definitely want to let you know, of course, I'm LaShar Binkley. You can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. And, of course, you can always find my written work over at the Dream Shake. Um, I did a recap of the first three days of training camp, so uh, definitely make sure you check that out. And, of course, as you see, I am joined by my co-host, Vader. How's it going? Hey, what's up? It's good to good to talk to you, man. We have Rockets basketball coming back, so I'm very excited. I'm sure a lot of people are excited. This seemed like a long, <laughs> like an unusually long off season. Yeah, uh, I think uh, part of it was was because we were so excited about some of the stuff we saw in summer league uh, with with Jabari. You know, Tari kind of like did did his thing, and then of course yeah. uh, Cam Whitmore. The one game we got of Ahmed Thompson looked phenomenal. So uh, I'm just excited. Um, I can't, I can't wait for Tuesday. And uh, anyways, you can find me on Twitter at Vader Sports. You can also find me on, on IG uh, for your Rockets related news. I also um, post uh, Texan stuff and then a little bit of Astros and shout out to the Astros. They played yep. first uh, playoff game today. And so uh, here we go on another another drive to another championship, hopefully. Yeah, real quick on that. Um, I think we may have mentioned a little bit last podcast, but you have the Astros in the playoffs. Um, I think the Dynamo um, made the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, or at least they, they just won a cup. Uh, the Dash, they made the playoffs. That's the women's soccer team. And then, of course, you have the Texans, um, who all of a sudden are, um, if I'm not mistaken, all three, all four teams are tied at two and two in the uh in their division, so they have a chance to actually win a division, and of course they play again tomorrow. So you have all these exciting things going on, and of course the Astros winning their division, and now they're about to play their first playoff game um, today against you know Carlos Correa and Minnesota Twins. So that's pretty exciting. So there's a lot of exciting things going on in Houston, but of course we are a Rockets podcast, and we're going to be talking about the Rockets. And the first thing we want to talk about is the training camp that just wrapped up. Um, I was out at the first three days of training camp. Um, kind of taking in everything they were doing out there in Lake Charles. So they had one more day yesterday that they finally wrapped up training camp and headed back to Houston um, before their open practice tomorrow for the fans, where they're going to kind of be uh, probably talking about some of their new designs that they have for some of their, maybe their possibility logo and different uh, affiliations they have going on with High Park and things like that. But of course, it's really about the fans being able to see the players. A lot of fans being able to see the players for the first time on the court. And then, of course, they have the game on Tuesday. Uh, but before we get too deep into it, why don't you kind of just give your overall thoughts on what you saw at training camp, uh, some of the things that you may have heard some of the players talk about, the coach uh, may talking about after the practice. What was kind of your overall thoughts on the training camp? So obviously, um, you know, for me and for, for most of us who were not privileged enough to be in Lake Charles to see the stuff live, we had to rely on the uh, 10 to 12 minutes of video footage that guys like you, yeah. you know, guys like Jackson or whatever were able to, to yeah. get for us. So like, hey, if you haven't checked it out already, um, Lashard has already uploaded a lot of stuff on the on the YouTube channel. 
no. as, as far as like uh, video footage and interviews like uh, of, of the players. So yeah, check that out. It's some really good stuff. So based on what I've seen uh, from that limited limited footage, I mean, Cam Whitmore looked really good. Um, yeah. He he, um, you know, as a as a guy who is as young as he is, a nineteen year old, um, I am not thinking that he is going to be part of the rotation early. I think um, Emi Adoka is probably going to go heavy veteran-laden lineups early just to try to, you know, get this team, you know, to establish the culture, establish uh, the way they want to play, uh, yeah. to go out there and actually uh, be competitive and win basketball games. But I am hoping and hopeful that Cam Whitmore is starting to, like, catch his attention and become a guy who is like, man, I got to figure out how to get this guy minutes. Because we saw him going to the basket, getting 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 those dunks off. We saw him uh, operating in the mid range. I saw a video clip of him hitting a corner three. Um, yeah. So you know, I just kind of see him scoring at all three levels. I saw him make a nice little skip pass to the corner. I think it was to Dylan Brooks who knocked down a three off of that. And that's probably one of his biggest weaknesses right now is um, the tunnel vision thing. Him being able to um, you know not just go out on the floor and, and create for himself. We know he can do that, but you know, play, play within the confines of an offense and be, you know, you know, at times a good connective piece because he's not going to be the focal point um, here on this Houston Rockets team. Um, if he goes down to Rio Grande, uh, you know, obviously he'll he'll be able to put up 30 points. Probably. <laughs> yeah. You know, on this team, he's going to have to find a role and play a role. So hopefully he's carving out a little niche for himself and um, he's he's turning some heads and, you know, it's, it's still early in the process, but he's a guy who I hope, at some point in time, we'll see more of as the year progresses. You know, Tari Eason uh, in the video, I saw doing Tari Eason things. He's just a hustle player. He's a he's a hard worker. I saw some nice stuff from, and, and people are not going to like this, I saw some good stuff from Jay Sean Tate. Jay Sean Tate. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> like, if you, need a, if you need a perimeter stop on this team, I think him and Dylan Brooks are probably right now – um, if, you know, as far as putting them on a guard, on a on a point guard, on a shooting guard, on a small forward, those uh, Jay Sean Tate and Dylan Bricks look like, you know, two guys who are going to go out there and make those make those uh, players on the other team actually have to work extremely hard yeah. to initiate whatever they're trying to initiate or get a shot off for themselves. So uh, he looked pretty good. Um, let me see. Alperin Shingun, um, I know you had posted on on Twitter on X app, whatever it's called now, uh, yeah, whatever <laughs> <laughs> that he was uh, dominating uh, yeah. large portions of the practices. And I think uh, some other people who were there also said the same thing. So that's some very encouraging uh, news. You know, Alfred Shingun is out there, but also I, who, who is guarding him though? You know what I mean? I was thinking about that too. I was thinking about that too. I didn't say anything. But like, um, so it wasn't Jock Landell uh, wasn't guarding him for the most part. I think a lot of times uh, Jock was kind of rehabbing his angle. So it was really most of the time it was really Jeff Green that was guarding him. Um, so I don't, of course, you can't take a lot from that because Jeff Green's not necessarily known for his post defense. But at the same time, from what I, what I saw, um, Shane Goon was doing the exact same thing he was doing last year. He was active in the paint. He was able to get to wherever he wanted to in the paint. He got a couple of and ones in a row in uh, a day three training camp. So he was definitely the most dominant inside player. Again, yes, he wasn't playing against um, Joel Embiid or anybody like that. But at the end of the day, training camp, you're not really looking for who he's going up against. You're just kind of looking to see if he's still fluid, if he's come in shape. And he's definitely in shape. He's definitely already regular season ready. So whatever you saw in that training camp, you're going to see in the regular season because 
it's not too many people can really stop Shangoon in the post women we saw it the last couple of years. I think the whole thing with Shangoon over the, especially last year, was just the utilization of him. Like, how yeah. are we going to deploy him? Because, you know, I've seen him. We, we know Jeff Green is no match for him in the low post. We've, yeah. we've seen him um, when he had LeBron James on him. You know, LeBron James is a good defensive player, but he's no match for, for Alperen Shingun in, in the post. Yeah. Alperen Shingun, um, as far as a post-up player, I think, I don't know what percentile he's in, but I know he, what, whatever it is, it's, it's good. I've heard uh, yeah. you know, some, of, some of our, some of my friends or whatever talk about it who are like really heavy on the stats and stuff like that. And yeah. like, Shingun is a good post-up player. So it doesn't really matter who's on him. I was just thinking. I, I was just thinking to myself, in my head, like you know, because of the fact that he was out there against guys who probably can't do, don't stand a chance at all of defending. Yeah, him. he is so good. You know that that probably played a large part into why he was so dominant in those scrimmages. Whereas a guy like Jalen Green is going out there and he's having to um, be defended by you know now, which is a good thing. You know, depending on what the matchups are, a Dylan Brooks or a Jayshon Tate. Or, you yeah. know, and even some circumstances, maybe even Amon Thompson or whatever. So um, just just the, uh, the the competition level from a defensive perspective is just kind of what I was thinking of. But, like, I'm big on Alperin, I think, um, and we'll talk about it later. But the fact that he's been working on his three-point shot, um, he is going to be a huge problem offensively. And I think that yeah. – I don't think that was ever an issue. I think the whole thing was whether or not he could uh, do the things defensively that would make him, you know – uh, upper echelon player in the NBA and from what I've seen from some of the clips I mean there was this one particular clip where I saw him get in front of Amin Thompson on a drive and draw a charge yep. there was another clip where I saw him get in front of Amin Thompson on a drive and force a steal so like he's yep. doing some different things and and this Emi Adoka off uh defense and and I like what I've seen so far so I'm very encouraged by that and speaking of Amin Thompson I mean these these highlights that we've seen the last few days, I'm not I won't say that I'm surprised by them at all because I'm not. But uh, the no look passes, the way he's manipulating the defense with his eyes. Uh, I know some people don't like the fact that he jumped in the air to pass the ball. But there are guys yeah. in the NBA who who are very adept at, at, at that. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is one of them. Um, if you are able to do it, I mean, it's just such a it's a feather in your cap. And so like. I've seen videos of him completely shifting defense, the defense out of position, like two, three guys at a time and eye manipulation, body manipulation. And then he's hitting an open guy cutting to the basket for either a layup or a dunk. That kind of stuff gets me really excited because I know during the regular season, that's that type of stuff is going to translate. And then um, the one thing that we don't know yet is going to translate, but really got us got, got the internet buzzing was the uh, pull up three pointer on Fred. Yeah. <laughs> like, he he hit a dribble move, hit a step back off the dribble, and he pulled up and he knocked down a three pointer, and it was nothing but net. And yeah. like, if if Amon Thompson can develop any kind of outside shot, uh, I mean, good luck, good luck to the rest yeah. of the NBA. Yeah, I mean, and again, you won't really know until you're in an end game situation. But the form looks better than it did even during summer league, even though we didn't see a lot of it during summer league and even better than his time when he was playing with G league at night. I mean, it looks better. It looks less of a hitch. Um, it's more fluid. Now, of course, again, it'll be a totally different story when you're actually playing against pressure defense and it's in, in game and it's a lot different atmosphere. Then we'll really be able to tell. We'll start really being able to tell a little bit more during preseason. But just from what I saw, watching them standing there, watching them, even just shooting free throws. Cause we know a lot of times free throws kind of translate to, 
how you're going to be as far as a shooter as well. And just just overall, he just seems like a more fluid shot. It's not like the little hitch that he used to have before where it was kind of almost like a hesitation when he would shoot. It's just a more fluid, kind of just one motion type uh, jump shot, which I think, and he mentioned this as well, that he's done a lot of work on. He think he's improved on it. We know he's worked a lot with Ben Sullivan, who did a lot of work for Boston. I mean, we saw what he did for players like even like with Derek White, who definitely improved from his time when he was with San Antonio to when he came with Boston. So I think you're going to see an improvement through him throughout the year. It may not just be all at once. He's not going to come in and shoot 38% from three or anything like that. But we're going to see improvement from what we saw when he was playing, like I said, in the G League and then when he was playing uh, – when he was playing with uh, the Rockets in summer league. So uh, that's just definitely something to keep in mind with that. But yeah, even like you was taking, uh, talking about with Shangoon, he was definitely dominating. A lot of times they had him at the high post running the offense. Um, we also saw him also kind of not spotting up, but out on the perimeter and letting other people handle the ball. And then he wouldn't hesitate. He would actually just take the shot. And again, like you said, we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, coming up here soon. Um, but just overall, Shane Goon looked a lot more active. He may say he's not going to put him in drop coverage as much as he did last year. Uh, the Rockets did last year when Coach Siles was here, and we definitely saw that as well. He's more aggressive on the pick and rolls. He was coming out. He was actually forcing the the ball handler to get around him instead of dropping all the way back, and then he was still able to recover enough to actually get into the play and defend the uh person trying to go to the basket so that was good to see that they're going to make him more aggressive on the pick and rolls and actually put pressure on the ball handler because you we know when you're playing a lot of drop coverage that just opens up wide open shots left and right in the mid-range and the Rockets were getting killed on that last year so you definitely want to see more aggressive Shangun on defense he's never going to be a great shot blocker but he can play position defense exactly the same way that Jokic does he's not as big as Jokic is most people aren't but he can be in the right positions to where, like that play you mentioned earlier, where he was able to get the charge on um, um, and Thompson. A lot of times, getting a charge on somebody is actually better than getting a block because you're getting a foul on that other person that may come in handy later in the game. So there's different ways he can play defense to where he's not going to be out there like a Jerry Jackson Jr. who's blocking shots left and right. Um, he's going to be able to play position defense, and I think that's going to help him in the long run. Uh, one of the players that you mentioned earlier that I definitely want people to keep in mind is Jay Sean Tate. I know a lot of people were down on Jay Sean Tate just because, you know, the style of play that he has, and sometimes he may tend to over-dribble or he may kind of seem to be out of control. But the defense he was playing um, out on the perimeter on Fred Van Vliet, that definitely st- stood out to me. It was one play where he – Gave Fred Van Vliet all kind of hell, and Van Vliet ended up turning the ball over on the baseline. That's something that you still need on this team, and he still has to hold, swerve, whirling, uh, turn around uh, over his shoulder layup that he was still doing. So he's still going to give you that, and he's still going to give you the good post-up game. But Jay Sean Tate, even with Reggie Bullock here now, he's still going to have some type of role on his team because he may love those type of players, those hard-nosed type of players that don't, necessarily always have to have the ball in the hand, but it can make plays on both sides of the court. So that's going to be something to keep in mind that Jay Shante is still going to be getting playing time on this team. Yeah. I Personally, like I don't want to see Jay Shante play because of the fact that I want to see Cam Whitmore. But if I'm, yeah. just being re- if I'm just being realistic and if we're trying to win basketball game, I think um, Jay Shante is just, he's bringing something that's going to contribute to winning right now. And yeah. uh 
we saw that with the like the defense that he was playing was phenomenal. Like I saw him, like you said, he beat up uh, Fred Van Vliet. I saw him play some really stellar defense on Jalen Green and some of those. Yeah. Players. Um, he is just he's a dog, and 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 we found that out found that out his rookie season because uh, wasn't there a report that came out that like uh, him and James Harden, yeah, James Harden got into it yeah. at practice and James threw a basketball at him or something because yep. he was defending him so hard. And then yep. later on that year, you also uh, there was Carmelo Anthony who came out and he was like. Uh, he came out to the media and he was like, yeah, there was this guy on me. I'm like, who is this dude that's like, <laughs> like this yeah. his defense on me? And so like Jason Tate still has that, you know, um, I think that th- with the with the disorganization and the just kind of the, the, the chaotic offensive scheme that we, we were trying to do, yeah. over, like he kind of got outside of his role and he started to try to do too much. But maybe there is maybe there is a role for him as long as they, yeah. as long as he can play within the confines of that role. Maybe we can see uh, again the version of Jayshon Tate that we saw his rookie season when we were like, oh man, this guy is good. Like how yeah. how was he not on the NBA roster already? Uh, rather than the guy that we were like, oh man, why is he dribbling so much? Why is he shooting so many shots? <laughs> why is he not yeah. passing the ball up in the open court? You know, Jalen Green is streaking down the court. Why is he not passing the ball? You know. We saw like a there was a difference between like first year Jason Tate and second year Jason Tate. So yeah. um, I'm thinking with like better coaching and with, with a more defined role, we we might get like good Jason Tate again. So I haven't yeah. completely written him off. I would you know I would rather see Cameron Cam Whitmore play just because of the upside and the excitement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or uh, even Reggie Bullock ha- brings a three pointer to the table, which Jason Tate has not yet proven that he can you know, knock down open threes, unfortunately. Like, if he could knock yeah. down open threes, I mean, he would he would make himself a, a lot of money. I mean, yeah. because he can he can handle the ball. He can he can pass a little bit when he's not having the tunnel vision. You know, he can he can make basic passes. Let's just say that yeah. uh, he he can uh, he can score around the basket. Um, but the, the outside shot is something that's eluded him so far. So hopefully, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, Ben Sullivan can also do do a little magic with him, and then. Uh, we didn't talk about Dylan Brooks. I mean, Dylan Brooks has kind of been as advertised, right? He's a guy that's yeah. going out there. He's uh, he's he's bringing some much needed leadership to this team as far as like no telling guys, you know, how to do it, how to be a professional, and that and maybe that sounds ironic, but like a lot of the stuff that he does is kind of shtick to me uh, to get under the other the opponent's skin, uh, you know, as far as the you know the stuff that he did last year in Memphis. But I think he's going to scale that back a little bit. He he even admitted, you know, that. You know, maybe he he needed to you know scale some of that back. But yeah. as far as like knowing his role, knowing knowing his assignments, I think uh, he's. I mean, he's he's as advertised. He's what they paid all that money for, and yeah. I think that his work that he's doing so far with like a guy like Jabari, and uh, we talked about this a little bit off camera. Like, I think um, Jabari, like his work. He he he's obviously a hard worker. Like there, yeah. you know, the Rockets uh, Twitter posted. A in in her Instagram posted a video of him lifting weights, and dude is jacked. Like he is, he is, he is in there. He's lifting weights. Uh, He has, you know, Jabari is in there along with him. But the I think the way that he's really going to help Jabari is like film study, Uh, how to prepare for a game, how to be a professional, how to like know what your opponent's strengths and weaknesses are. And we talked, and you you kind of alluded to this a little bit with Shangun. Like he's never going to be like a dominant defensive player, but Part of being a good defensive player is not all physical attributes. No. It, it's film study and it's it's knowing your opponent. It's anticipation. 
Um, and I think Jabari and and Chingun aren't necessarily like super elite athletes, right? They're not like the upper echelon. Like when you, like when you think of like who are the best athletes in the NBA, you don't necessarily uh, think of Jabari and you don't necessarily think of Chingun. Yeah. They're they're good athletes, but I think the way that they're going to make their money and the way that they're really going to be uh, like. And, and prove themselves to be good defensive players is like having guys like Dylan Brooks around who can show them how to study film. Like we had guys like um, Shane Battier and Chuck Hayes. Yeah. We would not, neither one of those guys were like leapers. They weren't dunking on people. They weren't like yeah. doing, they weren't high flyers. Um, and they, they weren't super athletic, but both of those guys were excellent defensive players. And part yeah. of it was the, inst- the instinctual things, and part of it was all the film study, and also just working hard and being a pest. And I think that um, Jabari, especially him working this summer on his flexibility, I think that's gonna help him a lot. And then also with Shingun, um, just having a guy like 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 that in 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 the in the locker room with you, and then having an Ime Adoka also there to kind of teach you some of the ropes. I'm expecting to see a lot better defense from Jabari this year and from from Efren Shingun. Yeah. And speaking of uh, M.A., uh, we're going to actually play a clip uh, from an interview they were doing after practice uh, where they were talking where M.A. was talking about uh, Jalen Green playing more off ball this season and how that will benefit him and why he can play more off ball this year, because he has a lot more help uh, players that can actually get him set up. And then right after M.A. talks, Jalen's going to be talking about the same thing about playing off ball. So we're going to play that clip and then we're going to. Um, kind of talk a little bit about it and what that can mean for the upcoming season. Look at the people we brought in. Obviously, Fred is, is great at doing his job and getting guys involved. Now he can initiate some. And then we want multiple handlers, guys to rebound and go. And we have guys like Jabari getting out, Tari and all those guys as well. And so um, Dylan as well. And so he's not going to have the ball in his hands as much as he has in previous years, but there are ways to utilize his, his skill set. and as well as keep him aggressive when he does have the ball. And so, you know, like I said, it's kind of equal opportunity offensively, but trying to find where he can pick his spots as well. I don't, I don't mind it at all. Um, I mean, whatever it takes to win. I mean, at the same time, I was hopeful about it. Um, yeah. Um, you know, going back to Oakville. I understand how to play that. It's a hard part of learning that's in these first two years. So, um, yeah, whatever I got to do to win, I'm willing to do it. So, of course, uh, like I said, you saw there they were talking about Jalen Green playing more ball this year because last year we saw that the Rockets were trying to make Jalen more of a playmaker, more of a facilitator. We saw a lot of time where he was bringing the ball up and he had to basically make his own offense, which some instances that's fine, but if you're doing it too much, we all know from James Harden days that it, defense are able to key in on that. And Jalen Green, you know, even though he's getting to that point where he could possibly be an all-star, there are a lot of people like James Harden, especially James, Rockets James Harden, who can pretty much carry entire offense on his shoulder and still get his own basket. So you need other players around you to make it easier for you, and that's what they got in Fred Van Vliet now, who's going to be the facilitator, get him in the right spots. Yes, Van Vliet may not be a prototypical point guard who's going to get you 12 assists a game, but he's going to be able to get players in the right spot. And I think you're going to see Jalen Green with the ball in his hands less. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have less shots. It's just going to mean he's going to have more quality shots this coming season. Yeah, I think um, 
I, I kind of like seeing off ball. I mean, off ball Jalen Green his rookie season. I, I think um, yeah. earlier the early part of the season we didn't like it that much because he spent a lot of time in the corner and we felt like he wasn't getting in rhythm. And yeah. I, I don't think that's what they are talking about. I think they're gonna have like design plays where you know he's gonna come off of pin downs and and different type of actions where he's going to get the ball and receive it in the place where he is most efficient and where he can score. Because what we did see last year was, like, I enjoyed watching him cook. I enjoyed watching him break people down off the dribble and, and kind of, like, develop that part of his game because I do think um, as an elite shooting guard in the NBA, you do have to, you know, when when the playoffs come around and, you know, you need a guy to go out there and get a bucket, uh, you need to have that in your bag as well. So him spending yeah. a year last year developing that, I, I'm not too, like, I, I, I don't hate the fact that that happened unfortunately it did tank his efficiency like his counting yeah. numbers were pretty good i think he was like 22 points a game but his shoot percentage down. went down yeah but his um the people would point to like things like his his true shooting percentage and his true shoot um his shooting percentage like you said going down and then they tried to make it seem like he had a bad season and what i will always tell people is um the, the way he got his shots year two was completely different yeah. The way he got his shot year one. And so you you it's not an apples to apples thing. And that's that's kind of the problem sometimes when you start looking at stats. Um everybody looks at, at these stats, especially these days. Like we we didn't probably grow up on stats like that, like you know, all of these like advanced metrics and advanced statistics and stuff like that, where it they don't always tell you the full picture. They give you yeah. they give you they give you an idea. But um, if you actually watch the Rockets and like we did, like we probably watched all 82 games, either either, yeah. either live or went back and watched it. Um, you saw that Jalen Green shot diet year two was completely different from his shot diet year one. Like shot diet year one was was definitely more off ball shot shot diet year two. He was going out there and he was getting a lot of stuff off the dribble. And, you know, those are just, you know going to be less efficient shots he took a lot of shots also with the shot clock winding down where that were kind of like bail out the team shots okay. so hopefully you know this upcoming season uh you know with fred van bleed uh running the offense having a more um i guess guess structured offense um I, where guys kind of like know their defined roles and know what they're supposed to be doing i'm expecting his percentages to shoot back up um past what he did rookie season um I don't, I don't know exactly i haven't really thought about um where i think he's going to land but I, I i do feel pretty confident you know after watching him play last year and then kind of seeing the stuff hearing ma doka talk and seeing kind of some of the stuff that they're trying to do with him i think his percentages are going to be more in line with what people were expecting to see from him in year yeah. two and i think that is going to put him back in the conversation with guys like anthony edwards because, like, if you look at their projections, uh, if you look at uh, what they did in their rookie seasons, he he was very comparable to yeah. And then when you look at their year twos, even though the counting statistics are are pretty similar, his efficiency is a, is a little bit less than Anthony Edwards. So when you try to compare like Anthony Edwards to uh, Jalen Green, people get really like, oh no, Anthony Edwards is way better. He Jalen Green is nowhere near the type of player Anthony Edwards is. And they completely ignore um, like some of the stuff that 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 like the like the stats, like the stats. And I know I just I just kind of like poo pooed on the stats a little bit. But like Anthony Edwards and uh, Jalen Green's 
uh, statistics year one and year two are, are pretty similar. The only thing yeah. is that Jalen Green dipped his second year from an efficiency standpoint. And, and he didn't have a Carl Anthony Towns with him as well. You got to look at the players around. Uh, yeah. Like uh, Anthony Edwards just had a way better supporting cast than, than yes. anything Jalen Green has had in his first two seasons. Um, yeah. And then also, like I said before, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but the way that they used Jalen Green last year was was very different from the way they used him in the first year. And I will also argue that even though I like to watch it, um, the statistics also point out that Jalen Green is better off of the catch. He's, yep. a, he's, he's, he's better off the catch than he is off the dribble. So when you start working things into the offense to get him the ball off the catch, to get him pinned downs and to get him, you know, run him off of screens and stuff like that, Iverson cuts. Things things of that nature. That is when Jalen Green is at his best, and so I think Emma Adoka knows that, and he's going to start like doing more of those things in year three. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's definitely something you want to hear. You want to hear that you know they're not going to be forcing Jalen to try to get his up his own shot. And a lot of times when we look at these players, we have to like you said, we have to keep in mind that the Rockets had basically no structure the first couple of years. Um, last three years, you can say, yes, Silas had a big part of that, why they didn't have a structure, but they also just didn't have the good enough players to have that structure. Just to be honest, oh, not necessarily not good enough, but they were just too young and didn't have enough experience to know exactly how you're supposed to play the game on a day-in, day-out basis. So now you have that structure. Now you have those vets. Now you have a coach that has already been there, done that, even though it was just one year, but he's already been to the NBA Finals, and he and he's also coached under some of the the best coaches of all time. We know that he had a lot of years with Pop, and you know, and we know how you know people that work under Pop. We know how they end up being as head coaches. So, the Rockets finally have their structure in place. They finally have a plan in place that they're going to stick to. That they're going to actually be trying to win. It's not just about player development. It's about actually winning games. And when you're trying to actually win games, and you're and you're not just worrying about hey, I want this person to develop into this player. You're trying to actually go out there and win games. You're going to see a whole different atmosphere around the Rockets, and you're going to actually see a more structured offense and not just a, hey, we're just going to go out here and and let this guy run the play one time, and then everybody else is going to be standing in the corner. You're not going to really be seeing that with the Rockets this year. You're going to be seeing a lot of pin downs, a lot of players coming off of screens. You're going to be seeing uh, Jalen Green shooting a lot more mid-range this year and not just – people just standing out on the three-point line just waiting for somebody to make a play. So and I think, like you said, yeah. And I think he brings a credibility on to piggyback on what you're saying. I'll let you well, finish, but like, the fact that you've coached Jason Tatum and you've coached Jalen Brown yeah. and you actually like put a plan in place that actually made them better. I think that the year Emi Adoka was there, uh, I think you could argue that that was uh, – Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum's best overall seasons as, as NBA basketball players, as far as like, yeah. uh, a mix of scoring and a mix of like getting their teammates involved. And then the success that they had that led them on that uh, NBA finals run. So you can always point to that. And I think that that just brings like his, his voice, I think is just going to bring some credibility to like, just trust me. Like Jalen, yeah. I, I know you can do this and I know you can do that. But like if you if you just trust me, you're you're going to be better, and, and I'm gonna give you I'm gonna put you in the best position for you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And then yeah, like of course you're gonna be able to go off script sometimes, and you're just gonna go out there and and, and be Jalen Green and and go yeah. between a you know hezzy hezzy tween and all that kind of stuff and and shoot some fadeaways because all the greats do that, you know. And I'm not comparing him to them, but you know like 
you know, the Jordans and the Kobe's and, the, you know, those those guys, you know, there were times where you just give them the ball and you just spread the floor and let them and let them and let them do what they have to do. But like yeah. you can't do that for 48 minutes in a basketball game and be successful, and yeah. especially uh, in, in a team game, because like what are the other guys doing? And I think we we, we saw that a little bit in the James Harden era. And it was kind of good. That's why when the, when Chris Paul was here and he was on still, you know, like a, an elite player that first year, um, you just kind of saw where it, it, it worked. Yeah. But you had like two all time great guys who <laughs> who like Chris Paul and, and, and James Harden are just like as far as like being able to score and be able being able to make the right play as far as like getting other people involved. Like you haven't seen too many guys like that in the NBA. So to put that on you know Jalen Green in his second year it was kind of it, it's probably a, a, too much of a burden for him, and yeah. I think uh, Emi Adoka is gonna like he's he's gonna put him in the right positions. I, I'm I'm pretty excited about seeing. I'm I'm really interested to see. Um, I know you know the first preseason game is probably not a great indicator of how they're gonna use him for the rest of the year, but I'm really excited. That's one of the things I'm going to be looking at is how much is Jalen Green going to be dribbling? Um, yeah. How much is he going to be like actually running around like? Um, maybe, maybe Steph Curry is a bad example because he runs around a lot, but like, I mean, how many plays are are we going to see where we see like Jalen Green just kind of like using that speed to his advantage and running off some screens and then getting open that way. And then you have the the defensive player pursuing, pursuing you and having to close you out as you catch the ball and they're completely at a disadvantage and you can just, and they're just kind of at your mercy. Those are kind of things I want to see, um, starting Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, they're definitely going to have more structure in place, and I think we're going to see a more structured offense to where it's less confusion and people looking at each other like, well, you're supposed to be there and you're supposed to be there. Because at the end of the day, like you said, Emay's going to demand that respect. Van Vliet's going to demand that respect. Dylan Brooks is going to demand that respect. And the Rockets really haven't had that where, hey, I say what I say goes, and there's not going to be any other way around that. Before, it was kind of like, hey, everybody's trying to develop this player and yeah, he's going to do this bad, but we're going to let him continue to do that because we're trying to develop him. That's going to go out the door now. So if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, I think that these people are going to step in and you're going to see a difference on the court. Um, before we wrap up the show and get to actually previewing Tuesday's game a little bit, uh, there's one more clip we want to play where Alper and Shangun here is talking about being able to take that open three with confidence because we know last year, and it was actually a, um, a question I asked Silas last year about do you kind of encourage him to take that open three? Because we know teams uh, absolutely will prefer him to take that open three. They left him open. They will clog up the lane and let him shoot that shot. And a lot of times he would hesitate, which would then cause the offense to kind of get out of sorts because then you're scrambling, trying to get up a shot the last second. But here Shane Goon actually talks about his confidence now in taking that open three uh, compared to last season. Taking an open three compared to your first couple Yeah, seasons. for sure. And team, uh, actually, I've worked all summer, like I said. And then now my teammates is telling me and my coaches is telling me we need you to shoot, you know. And it didn't happen last year like this, you know. But now they told me to shoot, shoot, shoot. So I feel more confident right now. And I, because I've worked all summer also. How much of... So like you see, like you hear there that Shengun was saying that, his coaches and teammates are encouraging him to shoot that shot this year. So, again, I had some pushback with people like, well, he don't really need to be shooting threes, need to be down in the paint. 
you know, because he's a big man, blah, blah, blah. But this is 2023. Every big man needs to at least have the threat of being able to hit that shot because at the end of the day, teams are going to clog up the lane. Jalen Green's not going to have as much room to operate. Fred Van Vliet, whoever it is that's handling the ball is not going to have that much room to operate if teams are not guarding Shane Goon out on the out on three-point line. He doesn't need to go out there and shoot 36% from three-point range, but he has to be able to at least be able to um, make teams – have second thoughts about leaving him wide open out there. And even if it's just two shots a game, if he's wide open, he has to take that shot because teams are not going to guard him, not going to respect him until he takes that shot. And if he's able to shoot 33 34% from three, that opens up so much more of his game because now defenders have to run out there at him. And we know that Shangun has good enough handles to where he can get past defenders and get to the basket. And if they're running out at him, that opens up a lot more of the Rockets offense to where he can get to the basket, draw a defender, and then now somebody else has a wide open shot. So that's going to be, to me, that's the biggest evolution for Alperen Shangun on the offensive end is to be able to at least consistently hit that open three. We're not going to be running plays for him, or the Rockets not going to be able to run, be running plays for him like we just said with Jalen Green where he's running off the of screens. But if he's got that open shot, he needs to absolutely take it with confidence. Yeah, I think um... – We've seen, like, he can do everything offensively. We just haven't seen him, like, be a three-point shooter. He can score yeah. in the post. He can dribble for, for a 6'10", 6'11 guy. Uh, we've seen him bring the ball up the court and make these crazy passes or, or make these dunks and stuff like that. Like, he can do everything offensively. The one thing that he hasn't really shown a consistency doing offensively is shooting, and that was probably because he was kind of discouraged from taking the outside shot. But I think he even finished last season at 33%, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, he has a good touch. He has shown that he can make that shot when left wide open. I think his uh, wide open percentage is actually is actually very good. And so, like, I, I don't I don't begrudge him. I want him to take that shot. I've been saying it for, like, the past two years. I want him to shoot those wide open threes. When when you found out that he was actually being deterred from shooting them, I was I was actually very surprised because yeah. we still had other guys, and I won't name names, but we had other guys who were going out there finding three point three shots. <laughs> he probably shoot worse than Alvin Shingun. <laughs> yeah. Who like at the end of the season, if you look at their statistics, though, who like was a better three point shooter? These guys were not better than Alvin Shingun, and they were given a green light. And yeah. then we also had a guy like Christian Wood, you know, a couple seasons ago who was allowed to shoot the threes, and we saw how he, he wasn't hesitating. <laughs> he wasn't, man, he was taking them all. He wasn't passing that at all. Once he got the ball, that was, that was it. And yeah. so, I, yeah, I just thought it was odd that you have this guy who has pretty good form on his shot, who has a, a soft touch, and who's shown that he can knock them down when left wide open. Like, why would you not encourage him to shoot more of them? And so I'm very much looking forward to seeing Aparin Shingun shoot the three because I think that will, like, that will probably, I won't say complete his evolution as a as an offensive basketball play, player because he's going into his third season. But I think you might start to look at his ceiling a little bit differently. If he's a guy who's going to go out there and also stretch the floor for you while also being a dominant uh, post scorer and while also being a very good passer and a decent rebounder. Um, and then if he can you know, play like we were talking about earlier, play defense with that, like is able to like leave him on the basketball floor uh, during, you know, playoff situations, high pressure situations, you have a star in your hands. And yeah. I think that's um, the defense thing, the defensive thing. And then maybe the outside shooting is probably the only thing that 
I think you can like really look at him and say these are these are like knocks against him. So if he wow. can even be decent in those two areas, um, he's probably an all-star. Uh, maybe not yeah. this season, but I, I think somewhere down the road, you're you're looking at a guy who is a a cornerstone, a foundational piece. Uh, I think he I think he can be better than Sabonis. I know um, saying that uh, saying that last year at some point in time. People thought that that was kind of blasphemous, but I watched the bonus a lot last year. I watched him in the playoffs, and I think Shingun has a little bit like he has a little bit more stuff to his game, to me, in my opinion, than Sabonis. He's not there yet, uh, but if you look at like their where they developed over the years and and like uh, you know first year, second year, third year, and all that kind of stuff, uh, Shingun looks looks very favorable. And then if you just look at their games and look at the way they play, I think that Shingun. Like Sabonis isn't really a, a – he's not a low post scorer. He's a good passer. Yeah. He can do stuff out of out of the high post. He's worked on his outside shot. But, um, like, I just think Sengun has a little bit more – a little uh, – uh, uh, some more tools to his toolkit, I, I would say. And so, like, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what they do with him because we don't really this, – this is the thing, Lashard. Like, we don't really know what we have with some of these guys. We kind of have an idea. Yeah. I, I think I know where Jalen Green is. I kind of think I know where Shingun is. I'm 50 50 on what I think Jabari is. I saw like some things from him at the end of the season when he just was like, I'm going to, I'm, when I get the ball, I'm just going to do what I want to do with it. <laughs> he just yeah. looked like he was just deciding to like play the way he wanted to play. And so this season is huge. This is a huge season for a lot of our young, our young guys. A lot of the guys yeah. that we were counting on. I know, I, I, I feel like I know who Tari is. Cause Tari, Tari is gonna be Tari no matter where he is. That's just yeah. how he is. Like he, he is just going one hundred percent effort. Um, but like guys like Shingun and guys like Jalen Green and guys like Jabari, who probably would have benefited from a little bit more structure and having some some veterans around them. Um, this is this is gonna be huge. I think this first half of the season, we're gonna kind of know um, can Jalen Green be this alpha scorer that we that we were hoping he. Yeah. Could. That we were, we were that he was advertised to be. Can Alfred Shingun be a guy who can be an offensive hub that we can run offense through? Is Jabari Smith Jr. going to be, um, you know, a three and a guy who's going to be able to knock down threes consistently and 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 play, you know, solid defense, and then maybe add some other things to his bag, you know, as he gets older. So mm-hmm. yeah, we we got a lot of questions this season. That's why it's kind of hard to predict the win loss record. I don't yeah. know. I, I know Fred Van Bleed and I know Darren. Um, Dylan Brooks are like really looking like solid uh, additions to the roster. And it was funny because, you know, uh, I think somebody even asked him about James Harden, asked Emmy Adoka about the James Harden uh, situation as far as like, why didn't you want James Harden? I, I know that's not how they asked the question, but he just said, yeah. he said that he felt like for the construction of this team and for guys like, you know, Jalen Green, some of the young guys on the team to reach their potential, he just felt like, Fred Van Vliet was a better fit to help those guys get where yeah. they needed to be, you know? Yeah. And, and so I don't know, man, what, what do you think as far as like wins and losses this season? I, I know right now it's, it's kind of hard to predict because we haven't seen the problem yeah. before yet. Um, but what, what's your gut feeling? What are you thinking? I mean, my gut feeling is the 35 win range gut feeling. Now, of course, that could change because, again, like you said, we haven't saw them on the court. We haven't saw the interact. We don't even know what other teams are going to do. We may be some teams that we think are really good this year that turn out they only get 
30, 32 wins. Right. So it's kind of hard to predict, especially since we haven't even seen a preseason game yet. But if I have to guess, I would say around the 35 win range, which that's a 13-game improvement. Not mm-hmm. a lot of teams have a 20-game improvement right. yeah. of, in, a, in one year. So I would say around 35, if everything goes great, I mean, perfect, no issues, players play to their potentials, and Fred Van Vliet goes out there and gets back to his all-star form and shoots 40% from three, then maybe you're talking about a 40-41 win team. But if I had to say right now, I would say 35 wins would be, I will feel pretty comfortable with that mark, which again, that's a pretty big improvement compared to where they've been the last few seasons. But would I be shocked? Yeah. People are going to think we talked about this beforehand because somebody asked me this yesterday. I was at work and they's like, what do you think the Rockets record is going to be? And I said, low end, I'm thinking 36 wins. I'm thinking yeah. high end if everything goes right, 40 wins. And so you basically yeah. said 35 to 41. So we kind of, <laughs> end thing. we kind of locked in on that. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, um, Low end, I'm I'm thinking 36 wins, which is 14 game improvement over last year, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I'm thinking um, if everything kind of like clicks and these guys are are like fit together and you know the 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 moves actually work, then these guys are starting to hit some of the ceiling that we were hoping they were gonna hit. I'm thinking yeah. 40 wins, and I think 40 wins gets you into a plan. I think it. I it think get, it wins. gets you in competition, yeah, because that's what it took last year. Was around 41, uh, around 40, 41 wins to get in that back end of the play in. Yeah, yeah. So that's so, funny because uh, we 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 kind of like we hadn't even discussed that, but yeah, we hadn't talked about that. So I think we exactly. had the same page as that. Yeah, I'm looking like Tuesday. Tuesday is uh is the beginning, new era of Rockets basketball. Yeah. Yeah, and, and before we wrap it up, I want to just real quickly talk about Tuesday. Uh, just what's one thing that you want to see from the Rockets on Tuesday? Not necessarily win or loss, because we know preseason wins don't really matter. The Rockets won preseason game last year and the year before, and then we saw how that worked out. But what's one thing that you want to see from the team on Tuesday? I want to see them making an extra pass. I know we got a bad reputation of being like this one-on-one basketball team. Yeah. Um, the guy who's not going to be here, it was kind of, and and, and Jalen, it was kind of like the uh, your turn, my turn uh, yeah. type of basketball. I, at least that's what people kind of like branded us as. I didn't see that necessarily all the time, but, um, and and I know one of the things that, that they talked about heavily when we brought Emi Adoka in was that he convinced guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to make the, and, and Marcus Smart for that matter, to make the extra pass, to be unselfish. Yeah. Um, the ball has energy, you know, it'll, it'll come back to you. Don't, you know, don't be selfish. So I want to see like an unselfish brand where I was. Then as far as like individual players, I, I really don't really care about, um, like what Fred Van Bleed and Dylan Brooks do. I kind of have an yeah. idea. Those guys are veterans. Like we, we know what they bring to the table. We know like when, when they tip off, you know, game one of the regular season, what's going to happen. But yeah. some of these younger guys, uh, under the the Yadoka system, like uh, Amon Thompson, for example, I'm, I'm, I mean, he's been the talk of the internet for the past two days. Uh, yeah. I want to see him go out there and show those flashes that he's been showing, like in a real life game situation. I want to see if that shot translates, and then uh, just to see how Jalen Green is playing. Is he is he um, is he taking to the coaching? Is he um, playing more off ball like they said he was going to do, and is he receptive to it? And 
And if so, how does that look? Does that look like, oh, shoot, are we really seeing like the emergence of like this superstar talent? Because he has all he has all the talent in the world. It's just a matter of him being consistent. Like, I don't know if you if you've ever looked at his home and road splits. These this just came to my attention like pretty recently, but his home his home splits and his his road splits are kind of like crazy. There there's a yeah. huge discrepancy there. So if he if he is um, you know hopefully if he's more comfortable in doing what the things that he's being asked to do, hopefully that'll translate more as well when he goes on the road because you know there's just a, like a, a comfort factor there. So yeah. those are two guys I want to see. I'm I'm thinking um, oh Jabari summer league is summer league Jabari real. Or is it yeah. fake? Because <laughs> we saw like yeah. Summer League Jabari look like, you know, Summer League Jabari look kind of crazy. And so those are probably like the three guys that I want to see the most. You know, obviously there are other guys on the team, but just as far as individuals, those those are the three yeah. that I'm looking at that I'm going to be like paying keen attention to. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be really interesting just to see how it all works out. The one thing I want to see is if they're going to have that defensive intensity because at the end of the day, if they're able to become a better defensive team, that will make the biggest difference on whether they what their win loss total is going to be because your defense, like we know, should never go in a slump. You should be able to be a good defensive team no matter what's going on with the rest of the team. So that's the one thing I want to see is how good their defense is because we saw a lot last year where they have the absolute worst defense in the league. I mean, it was a point um, I think where they played Sacramento uh, two times in a row, then they played the Clippers right after that where they gave up like 120, 125 points a game. In that one little stretch, and that kind of that, that kind of symbolized how their defense has been the last three years. So that's like the main thing I'm gonna be watching is how intense are they on the defensive end, even though it is just a preseason game. Um, but it'd be really interesting to see how that works out. We're definitely gonna be covering that game. I'll be out at that game on Tuesday. We'll have some more footage, like Vader mentioned earlier. We'll have some more interviews up on the uh, YouTube page. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, we're going to have a lot more exclusive content coming out with that. We're going to be covering all the games. Uh, we'll definitely have another podcast coming out next week. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, that like button, because that definitely helps us be able to continue to put out these videos every week because we want to continue to provide that that input and provide the content um, every single week uh, because we know that there's a lot of Rockets fans out there. We know that you can get your uh, content from other sources, but we definitely appreciate y'all coming here to get y'all uh, get your opinions, um, put in the comments, whatever you want to put in the comments and let us know what you do like, and what you don't like about the show. Or if you just want to talk about rocks, we always appreciate that. So again, Vader, appreciate you jumping on with me today. Yeah, I'm excited, man. We the season could not come fast faster, come soon enough, I should say. Yeah. And then we have the uh like like we said earlier, the Astros play today. Yep. Uh, so go Astros. And then, of course, the Texans are currently on a two game winning streak. So hopefully next time uh, we talk to you, hopefully they'll be on a three game winning streak. And CJ Stroud will continue to look like <laughs> the rookie of the year. And uh, that's pretty much all I got. But like Bashar said, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate it. Like there's a lot of podcasts out there, a lot of different people putting out content. So. The fact yeah. that you uh, tune in with us every week, we don't take that for granted. So uh, keep coming. We appreciate you. Thank you. Absolutely. Like Vader said, we appreciate the support. Make sure you check out the next episode of Rockets Fuel Podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.